The French Revolution, A History, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 2, The Constitution, Book 2, Nancy, Chapter 4, Arrears at Nancy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by Peter Dan. Book 2, Chapter 4, Arrears at Nancy. We are to remark, however, that of all districts this of Bouillet seems the inflammablest. It was always to Bouillet and Metz that royalty would fly. Austria lies near. Here, more than elsewhere, must the disunited people look over the borders into a dim sea of foreign politics and diplomacies with hope or apprehension, with mutual exasperation. It was but in these days that certain Austrian troops, marching peaceably across an angle of this region, seemed an invasion realised, and their rush towards Stenai, with musket on shoulder, from all the winds, some thirty thousand national guards, to inquire what the matter was. A matter of mere diplomacy, it proved, the Austrian Kaiser, in haste to get to Belgium, had bargained for this shortcut. The infinite dim movement of European politics waved a skirt over these spaces, passing on its way, like the passing shadow of a condor, and such a winged flight of thirty thousand, with mixed cackling and crowing, rose in consequence. For, in addition to all, this people, as we said, is much divided. Aristocrats abound. Patriotism has both aristocrats and Austrians to watch. It is Lorraine, this region, not so illuminated as old France. It remembers ancient feudalisms, nay, within man's memory it had a court and king of its own, or indeed the splendour of a court and king without the burden. Then, contrariwise, the mother society, which sits in the Jacobins' church at Paris, has daughters in the towns here, shrill-tongued, driven, acrid, consider how the memory of good King Stanislaus and ages of imperial feudalism may comport with this new acrid evangel, and what a virulence of discord there may be. In all which the soldiery, officers on one side, private men on the other, takes part, and now, indeed, principal part. A soldiery, moreover, all the hotter here as it lies the denser, the frontier province requiring more of it. So stands Lorraine, but the capital city more especially so. The pleasant city of Nancy, which faded feudalism loves, where King Stanislaus personally dwelt and shone, has an aristocrat municipality, and then also a daughter society. It has some 40,000 divided souls of population, and three large regiments, one of which is Swiss Chateau Vieux, dear to patriotism ever since it refused fighting, or was thought to refuse in the Bastille days. Here, unhappily, all evil influences seem to meet consented. Here, of all places, may jealousy and heat evolve itself. These many months, accordingly, man has been set against man, washed against unwashed, patriot soldier against aristocrat captain, ever the more bitterly, and a long score of grudges has been running up nameable grudges, and likewise unnameable, for there is a punctual nature in wrath, and daily were there but glances of the eye, tones of the voice, and minutest commissions or omissions, it will jot down somewhat to account under the head of sundries, which always swells the sum total. 
For example, in April last, in those times of preliminary federation, when National Guards and soldiers were everywhere swearing brotherhood and all France was locally federating, preparing for the grand national feast of pikes, it was observed that these Nancy officers threw cold water on the whole brotherly business, that they first hung back from appearing at the Nancy Federation, then did appear, but in mere redingote and undress with scarcely a clean shirt on, nay, that one of them, as the national colours flaunted by in that solemn moment, did, without visible necessity, take occasion to spit. Small sundries as per journal, but then incessant ones. The aristocrat municipality, pretending to be constitutional, keeps mostly quiet. Not so the daughter society, the five thousand adult male patriots of the place, still less the five thousand female. Not so the young, whiskered or whiskerless, four-generation noblesse in epaulettes, the grim patriot Swiss of Chateauvieux, effervescent infantry of Regiment du hot troopers of Maître de Camp, walled Nancy which stands so bright and trim with its straight streets, spacious squares and Stanislaus architecture on the fruitful alluvium of the mirth, so bright amid the yellow cornfields in these reaper months, is inwardly but a den of discord, anxiety, inflammability, not far from exploding. Let we eh, look to it. If that universal military heat which we liken to a vast continent of smoking flax do anywhere take fire, his beard here in Lorraine and Nancy may the most readily of all get singed by it. Bouillet, for his part, is busy enough, but only with the general superintendents, getting his pacified psalm and all other still tolerable regiments marched out of Metz to southward towns and villages, to rural cantonments as at Vic, Marshall and thereabout, by the still waters where is plenty of horse forage, sequestered parade ground, and the soldier's speculative faculty can be stilled by drilling. Psalm, as we said, received only half payment of arrears, naturally not without grumbling. Nevertheless, that scene of the drawn sword may, after all, have raised Bouillet in the mind of Sam, for men and soldiers love intrepidity and swift, inflexible decision, even when they suffer by it. As indeed, is not this fundamentally the quality of qualities for a man? A quality which by itself is next to nothing, since inferior animals, asses, dogs, even mules have it, yet in due combination it is the indispensable basis of all. Of Nancy and its heat, Bouillet, commander of the whole, knows nothing special, understands generally that the troops in that city are perhaps the worst. The officers there have it all, as they have long had it, to themselves, and unhappily seem to manage it ill. Fifty yellow furloughs, given out in one batch, do surely betoken difficulties. But what was patriotism to think of certain light-fencing fusiliers set on, or supposed to be set on, to insult the Grenadier Club, considerate speculative Grenadiers and that reading-room of theirs? With shouting, with hootings, till the speculative Grenadier drew his side-arms too, and there ensued battery and duels. Nay more, are not swashbucklers of the same stamp sent out visibly, or sent out presumably, now in the dress of soldiers, to pick quarrels with the citizens? Now disguised as citizens to pick quarrels with the soldiers? 
for a certain Roussier expert in fence was taken in the very fact, four officers, presumably of tender years, hounding him on, who thereupon fled precipitately. Fencemaster Roussier, hailed to the guardhouse, had sentence of three months' imprisonment, but his comrades demanded yellow furlough for him of all persons. Nay, thereafter they produced him on parade, capped him in paper helmet inscribed Iscariot, marched him to the gate of city, and there sternly commanded him to vanish for evermore. On all which suspicion, accusations, and noisy procedure, and on enough of the like continually accumulating, the officer could not but look with disdainful indignation, perhaps disdainfully express the same in words, and soon after fly over to the Austrians. So that when it here, as elsewhere, comes to the question of arrears, the humour and procedure is of the bitterest. Regiment Mester de Camp getting, amid loud clamour, some three gold louis a man, which have, as usual, to be borrowed from the municipality. Swiss Chateau Vieux applying for the like, but getting instead instantaneous coua, or cat-a-nine-tails, with subsequent insufferable hisses from the women and children. Regiment du sick of hope deferred, at length seizing its military chest and marching it to quarters, but next day marching it back again through streets all struck silent, unordered paradings and clamours not without strong liquor, objurgation, insubordination, your military-ranked arrangement going all, as the typographers say of set types in a similar case, rapidly to pie. Such is Nancy in these early days of August, the sublime feast of pikes not yet a month old. Constitutional patriotism at Paris and elsewhere may well quake at the news. War Minister Latour de Pin runs breathless to the National Assembly with a written message that all is burning, too brule, too preth. The National Assembly, on spur of the instant, renders such decree and order to submit and repent as he requires, if it will avail anything. On the other hand, journalism, through all its throats, gives hoarse outcry, condemnatory, elegaic, applausive. The forty-eight sections lift up voices. Sonorous Brewer, or call him now Colonel Santerre, is not silent in the Faubourg Saint-Antoine. Meanwhile, the Nancy soldiers have sent a deputation of ten, furnished with documents and proofs, who will tell another story than the all-is-burning one which deputed ten before ever they reach the assembly hall, assiduous Latour Dupin picks up and on warrant of mere bailli claps in prison. Most unconstitutionally, for they had officers' furloughs, whereupon Saint-Antoine, in indignant uncertainty of the future, closes its shops. Is Pouillet a traitor then sold to Austria? In that case, these poor private sentinels have revolted mainly out of patriotism. New deputation, deputation of National Guardsmen now, sets forth from Nancy to enlighten the Assembly. It meets the old, deputed ten, returning, quite unexpectedly, unhanged, and proceeds thereupon with better prospects, but affects nothing. Deputations, government, messengers, orderlies at hand gallops, alarms, thousand-voiced rumours go vibrating continually, backwards and forwards, scattering distraction. Not till the last week of August does Monsieur de Malsain, selected as inspector, get down to the scene of mutiny, with authority, with cash, and decree of the 6th of August. He now shall see these arrears liquidated, justice done, 
or at least tumult, quashed. End of Book 2, Chapter 4